0: Wow.
1: That's right, folks. Your boys are back in the city. Is that how the song goes? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Eric Schmidt.
0: And my name is Jeremy Keppel.
1: And uh, we're just goofing around. Uh, we're, we're talking, uh, ar- we're arguing about Aster. Um, Jeremy, please let me speak. Uh, we're we're talking Aster. This is uh, we're we're actually not discussing a an, an Ari Aster film for this one. We are discussing the uh, <laughs> 2013 remake of uh Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What if it turned out Jeremy when I told you we were covering Texas Chainsaw, I meant the remake?
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, you said that just now and I had a mini heart attack. I'm so, like, are you kidding me? Cuz I actually had to jump through quite a bit of hoops to watch the Texas Chainsaw the original version. Because yeah. the remake is streaming readily available on multiple platforms. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, nah, i got to find the 1974 version. When you said that just yeah. now, I just about jumped out of my own window, which is something the main character <laughs> of this film does quite a bit.
1: <laughs> how, how did you watch this film, by the way?
0: Uh, that's a, Thank you for asking. This is one of my anecdotes I was going to share before the episode. I watched this on Shudder, actually. Uh, Shudder is a streaming service for only horror films. It's like a very well-curated... horror film streaming service i had never had any interest in subscribing to it because i'm also i'm I'm already kind of maxed out with like streaming services that i own and you know my wallet is my wallet is certainly feeling it but Jeremy's
1: uh, still paying for CISO, which hasn't existed for years
0: (laughs) yeah and i can't i'm emailing them furiously being like where's the new content you know wait (laughs) what's going on but uh shutter um, you know, I, 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 did the seven day free trial cause I read that Texas, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was streaming on there. I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then afterwards I just kind of kept watching stuff on Shudder cause I had it, you know, I'm going to get rid of it, I think in seven days, but I ended up watching Mandy right after this. Have you seen Mandy oh, yeah. yet, Eric?
1: Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I didn't know it was on Shudder. Jeremy, I watched, uh, I, I did the same exact thing as you. I have the Shudder. Seven day trial right now. Um, oh
0: hell yeah! So well, I might I, I,
1: have to I, watch Mandy.
0: I was gonna say I heavily recommend it. It it is exclusive to Shutter. Mandy is only streaming on Shutter, and they have oh. like multiple like um, like interviews and a behind the scenes featurette on there that's really good. And I thought the film was awesome. I I roasted a I roasted a tasty bone before Mandy started, and I got. I got pretty freaked out by the psychedelic heavy metal nature (laughs) of the film, but it's it's really good. It is it is really good.
1: Um, You mean you you cooked you cooked ribs? Is that what you mean by roasted? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I I set my oven to four fifty and roasted, you know, a a good set of ribs. You know, nothing crazy, but definitely, you know, it definitely fed me and my family. My family, of course, of of eight children and two wives. But, um, I got, yeah, no, I thought Mandy was really good, but, uh, this isn't, you know, meandering about Mandy. Of course not. No,
1: no, this is, uh, uh, argue, arguing about (laughs) Aster. This is uh, hollering about Hooper. (laughs) Hollering about Hooper. Um, you know, that would be fun to change our name to that for an episode, but, um, I don't want to do, I don't want to overdo nah. it. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs>
0: also,
1: so the reason that we're, if you haven't listened to our Midsommar episode, first, uh, listen to that, uh, if you, if you've seen the film and you're interested in hearing it, uh, but we talked about specifically you, Jeremy brought up the, uh, parallels, um, in, uh, Midsommar- compared to Texas Chainsaw, the 1974 version. Um,
0: Right, and we should probably link that, and these aren't necessarily my ideas, although I'll get into later what... So I had that thought while watching Midsommar, but it was for a completely different scene that they actually don't mention in this article, which is where I kind of... I think that's what I was referencing in the Midsommar episode is that on birthmoviesdeath.com there is a article titled, obviously Midsommar is a stealth Texas Chainsaw remake. And it is, Mm. it is basically a bunch of comparisons that Fangoria's editor in chief like pointed out about the two films. And that's sort of what I'm bringing up in, in the Midsommar episode. And uh, we'll link that article in the show notes because it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a very good article, but they do not mention a, a, a big moment of both films that I thought that like made me think that they were they were similar, uh, not so much as not so much a remake, but like what?
1: I agree with you, Jeremy. I know what you're going to say, and uh, I mean, how could you not notice that both films have end credits?
0: Yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Midsommar. We'd come to find out is actually just the the is just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with the uh, letters rearranged.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, where is the X in? <laughs> oh, it's
0: it's it's a silent X, dead in the middle of Midsommar. You don't you've never you never seen the 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 title of the
1: film spelled out. You know, now that I think about it, I have not, <laughs> and I yeah, will it's, not. It,
0: to say it would be <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh
1: So, Jeremy, I wanted to ask you. Um, hold on one second. Uh, I wanted to ask you because you're from Texas. Yeah, Uh, and I was just in Texas.
0: Like, I was just just there for vacation, yeah.
1: So, I would like to know, because I'm from Wisconsin, and we don't really have... I can't think of any movies that are like, this is a Wisconsin movie. There's probably some out there that I'm blanking on, but Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like a very Texas movie, and I'm wondering what's the perception of this film as a as a Tex a former texan what it, what do people do people there idolize this movie more so than people elsewhere
0: i don't know if they do i don't know if it's even yeah that's a great question because i don't think like there's any <gasps> okay so to offset this question i'll give you an anecdote about the movie paris texas have you ever seen paris texas
1: I yeah. have. I love that movie.
0: Okay. So in Paris, Texas, in the actual city of Paris, Texas, they take a great amount of pride in the fact that Paris, Texas is a film that's sort of about their community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre—it's not like people like are have a soup have a like a, an amount of pride that like oh there's a film out there called Texas Chainsaw Massacre and it's like it's about our state or like it is it takes place in Texas. They don't even have an ironic sort of attachment to it. I, not that I experienced growing up. It's not like they show the film once a year at the local, you know, fucking drive-in theater or anything like that. Right. Um, not that I know of. But I always thought. That might have been because the film is obviously trying to say something quite negative about Texas um, in that it is like, I don't know, sort of a, I don't know, a horrific observation of what rural communities, especially those in like the Deep South and specifically in Texas, what they're capable of. I think also that it comes off of the heels of Ed Gein, which was like a very yes. real thing that did happen. <laughs> so I don't know. And just on top of that, I don't, I don't know how uh, Texas Chains- Chainsaw Massacre is a, is a cult classic still, right? Like, I don't think it it was. is. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, yeah. It was not. Yeah. The budget was 80 to 140, $80,000 to 140,000. Yeah. Although it did make box office thirty million dollars, so I guess it was oh, a huge okay. hit. <laughs> but in my mind, it's such a you know, it's not like The Godfather, where like once a year my whole family turns it on and we all watch it. No, this is like a <laughs> yeah. film that like I had never seen until I was an adult. So,
1: right, yeah. The first time I saw this movie was when I was uh, in high school, and it uh, it fucked me up. It's crazy. Um, yeah, but so. Uh, Let's see. So, the year is 1974. Uh, Jeremy, what were you up to in 74?
0: (laughs) I was, you know, I was cruising the strip down in old, sunny California in my uh, 1969 Chevy DeVille, Chevy (laughs) uh, Prowler, my Prowler, and boy, you know... I look back at that time now with a lot of fondness, but also a lot of regret, you know, I should have invested early in things like Apple and Microsoft, but (laughs) I didn't, you know, I was too stingy with my dollars and let's just say most of it went up my nose.
1: Um, because they were boogers that you were trying to (laughs) (laughs) suck back into your, Nostrils? Well,
0: no. What happened was I had a big briefcase full of cash, and it accidentally got shredded into one of those giant, like, industrial fans, and the cash just flew straight at, and I actually breathed a lot of it in as cash dust, and they had to pump it. They had to pump it from my lungs, really, to get the cash out because it's dirty money. You know, I mean, like, all cash is very dirty to touch and um, makes you sick. So.
1: Yeah, isn't there Uh, some, like, I I remember hearing some, like, urban legend or something that the majority of $20 bills that you'll encounter has some, like, trace amounts of cocaine on it. Oh, I'm Um, sure.
0: I'm sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, I got to say, just in an effort to refute that, I've been snorting $20 (laughs) bills for, for years, and I, yeah. honestly, I feel, if anything, more sluggish
0: yeah for sure yeah it's it's talk about Munchausen <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh we did we just did an episode on Ari aster's short film Munchausen, which you can hear in the bonus from this past Monday five dollars you get extra bonus episodes once a week uh mm-hmm. it's worth it, so the cost of a dozen eggs jeremy in seventy four because I know you were dying. you texted me this question last night you were like, hey, how much was a dozen eggs in 74. Well,
0: right, because I bought eggs recently. It was $5 <laughs> for a carton, and I was furious, yeah. so I had yeah. to know, you know?
1: I mean, you could have waited until the morning. You didn't have to text me at 2.30 <laughs> a.m., but uh, it was $0.45 cents, to answer your wow. question. Uh, the cost of boneless hams was <laughs> $2.29 twi- <laughs> okay. two twi- right. per pound. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Richard Nixon becomes the first uh, U.S. pres uh, forced to resign. Mm. Uh, the Miami Dolphins won Super Bowl VIII, uh, and the Vietnam War is still going strong, my man.
0: Great. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs>
1: yeah. So some of the top films of 74, we have uh, Little Nicky, uh, Munchausen, <laughs> uh, The Witch. No, um, The Godfather Part Two, Chinatown, right. Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, uh, uh, nice. The Man with the Golden Goon, and Earthquake. Um, hmm. So yeah, those are uh, some films from some, some good movies, some classics. Great. Uh, from that time, uh, a little bit of background about um, this movie we're talking about, which is uh, fucking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's, uh, it's a 1974 American slasher film, uh, follows a group of friends, Fall victim to a family of cannibals while on their way to visit an old homestead. Uh, the film was marketed as being based on true events to attract a wider audience, right? And to act as subtle commentary on the era's political climate, um, which I'm sure is pro.
0: I mean, I'm sure we're protesting the Vietnam War at this point still, and probably still civil rights, right? I think so, yeah. Been, it would have been a big thing. So if that's the case, then yeah, like a a complete deconstruction of the South via the yes. horror film genre would have been...
1: And I don't some, know yeah. enough about this to talk about it in depth, but I think there was like an oil crisis around this time too where um, due to some something warfare-related, I think, overseas, countries were like... Uh, threatening to boycott giving oil to the United States. And it was this whole thing. Um, yeah. Which is, I think, subtly referenced in the gas station scene when they're out of gas. But um, uh, Leatherface uh, and some of the minor story details were inspired by the crimes of uh, murderer Ed Gein. Mm-hmm. Uh, hometown hero for me, my man. Uh, Hell yeah. Wisconsin. Is he from
0: Wisconsin? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: He is, yeah, and his house is, uh, you know, there was this girl that I liked in high school that was into, like, spooky shit, and uh, I remember we went uh, on a date to a, to a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was around Halloween time. And she was like trying to get me. She would go with her friends to like Ed Gein's old house, basically. This is a Whoa. place that people would go to uh, in my high school and stuff. You would hear of like, oh, we went to like Ed Gein's house over the weekend. Um, and apparently there's like a, a neighbor there or something that like uh, gets really hostile with. People, uh, trying to explore Ed Gein's old property and stuff. But, uh, she like made a suggestion, uh, uh on our, on our, uh, haunted house date, that perhaps for a, for a follow-up date, we go to Ed Gein's old house. Oh, <laughs> and, yes. And uh, thank God that never happened, because I was, like, scared shitless about the idea of it at the time. Um, so I never um, actually went out yeah. there. I know a bunch of people that did in high school. Did
0: um, I mean, I'm sure it's just all cleaned out and gutted, right? There's, like, nothing probably in there.
1: You know, I don't really know Ed Gein's house. I'm going to look up a picture just to see what it looks like now. Cause I think it's just like an old abandoned house or something, or maybe it's demolished. I don't know. I'm seeing pictures of a house anyway, uh, <laughs> but I've heard that it's, you know, like haunted and all this stuff, of course. Um, right. And this, I, is,
0: like, I, I think that's interesting that Ed Gein is so famous and none of it took place in Texas. So I wonder what the reasoning for putting it in Texas was. Uh, rather than the Wisconsin Chainsaw Massacre, right? Well,
1: I read that there were other uh, kill murderer influencers, like one guy in Texas who ran a candy factory or something that would
0: oh, like, boy.
1: murder children. That um, sounds great. <laughs> but, but the Ed Gein thing, from my understanding, was like a really, really... Um, I don't know. When was it? Like the... I don't even know what year what year he was the like. 50s, caught, but 57 the fifties, fifty seven. The fifties, but it was like it it started this kind of like uh, scare of the you know even in these like small rural towns you don't you never really know someone kind of a thing um, that was oh, apparently sure. just like very it was kind of one of the first stories of its kind that just really really scared the shit out of people um, and as far as to me there's a lot of interpretations you can make about texas chainsaw massacre Mm -hmm. um i like to think that and we'll talk more about this that it's you know about america and capitalism and uh you know maybe to a lesser extent um toby hooper has said that it's about meat and you know meat consumption um
0: which totally makes sense because that's sort of yeah. the whole beginning of this film, and I, why did I even say beginning? It's it's throughout the film, It's the whole
1: film. Yeah, and I feel like you can't you can't do a film with uh, about that without at least touching on uh, whether you want to or not, capitalism and and you know what was right. going on. Yeah, good in point. America and and you know Texas is a, to me a very like America si- state. Right, like if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like have a film about America take place in one of the states, I could see why you would maybe pick Texas. I guess. Um, anyway, Jeremy, uh, give me one second here. Uh, I have to loosen up my nipple belt.
0: Oh sure, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Um, much like Ed Gein, I have a belt made of uh, human made of nipples. nipples. Yeah, yeah so I'm,
0: I'm on I'm on Ed Gein's, Ed Gein's Wikipedia, and there's at one point they just <laughs> there's just a list of all the stuff that they found while searching the house and it is just like it's so disgusting it's but yeah. then at, at the further you go down it just reads like a comedy as if you're just making shit up it's like bernice warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of gene's pot-bellied <sighs> stove nine yeah. vulvas in a shoe box <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like randomly yeah. it's like so Ugh. It, yeah but yeah um,
1: but he was a he was also he was a grave robber he did murder two women but he was like uh, a, a grave robber uh, much like the characters in in Texas chainsaw and yeah he would do stuff like make leggings out of actual human legs and wear them around the house and
0: yeah he that, in the beginning of the film Texas Chainsaw Massacre there is a news report going on that is describing if it's not the actual radio or televised news report reporting on Ed Gein himself. It probably is a close approximation to what that would have sounded like. It's just about like graves being opened and like the number of graves and like how they were placed and what was collected off of them. All very horny stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, Horny indeed. So uh, directed by Toby Hooper, uh, the king of horn, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, he also directed Poltergeist later on. Yes, uh, which I would love to cover that at some point. Uh, written and co-produced by Ho- by uh, Hooper and Kim uh, Henkel, who Henkel's pretty much only worked on the Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> stuff, so he's kind of like the David Kirshner of <laughs> of that <laughs> franchise, in my right. opinion. Uh,
0: David Kur yeah, he's the yeah, he's the Kirshy.
1: Produced the film, uh, the film was produced, like you said, for less than 140K with a cast of relatively unknown and unpaid actors, I might add. Uh, unpaid, and they worked in, like, just horrible conditions. Uh, limited budget forced Hooper to film for long hours, seven days a week, so he could reduce equipment rental costs. Um, and it was, like, these locations, it was, like, hot as shit. yeah. Um, there was, you know, rotting meat on the set. It was just, it sounds fucking awful. Um, yeah, it
0: was, it was, it's famously one of the most disgusting and horrible working conditions ever in, in any of any film ever. Yeah. It was, which, it, Yeah.
1: At that time, I mean, maybe it might not be that. unlike like working in a meat factory or something. Oh, f-
0: maybe not. Yeah, good, yeah. good call. But I do, th- I do find that that's like that's one of the fucked up things about Texas Chainsaw Massacre that I remember really liking when I was in high school and in early college, like liking, liking that little factoid. I was like, wow, it was so horrible and shitty on set. And as yeah. I've g- grown into an adult, been like, no way, no, fuck that. Like, <laughs> like I don't care how low budget your shit is. Like, he put his actors through so much hell that yes. they say that a lot of the performances in the film are because literally just because of the working conditions. So he gets yep. these like almost Kubrickian, like ter- ter- terrified, terrified, uh reactions to things because people are like literally being driven insane i think that that shit sucks (laughs) like i'll go on record saying i think that shit sucks but it it is the case about texas chance massacre and it's one of the things that sets this film sort of apart from other films and we'll get into i guess maybe the performances later but like the performance of i'm guessing it's Marilyn burns right she is the main character Uh it is it is otherworldly. Like it is a performance that I have never seen before or since in a film, like the way that she is just fucking losing it the entire film.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's a part she went through hell specifically during the production. She like there, there's a part where she's being chased by Leatherface through like a bunch of branches and she cuts Mm. herself really bad in in real life. And a bunch of the blood that you see on her clothes is like her real blood. Blood. Um, yeah. which is very disturbing. Um, that
0: fucking sucks. <laughs> so
1: Hooper struggled to define to distribu- to, defi- to find a distributor due to violent nature. Uh, he limited the amount of gore in hopes of oh, getting I a love PG rating. This.
0: Yeah, he but, wanted to get a PG rating on yeah. this bad boy. That is so funny.
1: I mean, you don't see a lot of actual gore. You see a lot of gross, like dismembered, body parts and things like that but it it is you do it it does a really good job this movie of like leaving the actual gore part kind of up to your imagination like it 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 gives you enough context where you can just fully picture what's actually you know happening and it's uh, almost more terrifying in in that way rather than just showing you outright um all of the, the g- gory details, but upon its release, it was banned in several countries and various theaters stopped showing the film in response to complaints of violence. Uh, it's credited as originating several elements common to slasher films, including the use of power tools as weapons, characterization of the killer a, a, as a large faceless figure and killing of victims. Um, film stars, Marilyn Burns, Paul, a partain, Edwin Neal, Jim Sedow, Gunnar Hansen. uh, no musical instruments in the soundtrack, which is interesting. Instead, it sounds from inside a slaughterhouse. Um, what? And, yeah. Yep. Except for some of the yeah, some of the copyrighted music. It's and when you listen to like when when the teenagers are screaming and stuff, yeah. they also blend in sounds of like pigs oinking and like cattle and and yeah
0: yeah. Well, Leatherface's his like. I wouldn't call it musical, but his like he has like a sound cue whenever he's around. But that's just a pig squealing. Yes. Yep. Like mm-hmm. he he his his sound is that of a pig's, and I think that like this film, I don't know if we're gonna get to it in any of the production notes here, but it's heavily ADR, correct? Like it. Ha- I mean, I mean, I don't uh, know why I'm asking. Sure, yeah. I know it is because it's like no, I, most of the time, people's voices do not match their lips. It is the it is most of it. I think is is ADR. Um, except maybe it's towards the end, that all seems like the things the performers are saying. But especially at the beginning, like in the car with all those teens, it was like, it was like yeah. I think I think most of those conversations and stuff were like recorded later or like responses were recorded later yes. and such
1: and for those who are not uh you know don't know that much about about film and the terminology adr means uh, um actual diarrhea replacement
0: right yeah yeah which yeah. means that, that the, all the diarrhea we see on screen is not <laughs> their real diarrhea
1: yeah yeah the actors yeah. had to come in and, <laughs> and, and uh, we can move on, uh, Jeremy. Why don't you take us through the uh, the plot of the film? Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: you got it. And I was gonna I was gonna mention too that while we are um while we are going through the plot of this, the whole purpose of bringing up Texas Chainsaw Massacre, kind of that we mentioned in the beginning, is that is how it relates to Midsommar and how Midsommar kind of mm-hmm. acts as like a thematic remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I feel like Eric, uh, as we go through the plot. If we come across a part that also reminded us of Midsummer or something that happened in Midsummer, just shout it out. We'll just like kind of go through it as we go, um, and yep. I will try to o- bring up some of the more obvious ones too.
1: Jeremy, I read you loud and clear.
0: Hell yeah! Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> the I film opens it. with a uh, with a long uh, what would you call it? Disclaimer. Uh, that's actually that actually has some VO with it. So it's not just yeah. like, it's not just like in Fargo, how they open with a disclaimer. That's like, these are true events. Um, the names of uh, the victims have been changed for their own protection, blah, blah, blah. Mm. This is like, this is like an actual guy is reading. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he, he was paid, man. This, whoever did this, I read was paid with one single joint <laughs> to do this.
0: Oh, great. Great. Yeah. And he has a good voice too. the guy who's reading it. It's very iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the use of the word macabre is also very famous. I feel like in that little p- uh, piece of uh, copy, um, it's, I, I think it's the first time I've ever seen the the f- the fra- the word macabre. The first time but, I
1: ever heard that phrase when I uh, when someone was trying to steal one of my corn cobs, and I said, "Hey, get away from macabre.
0: Yeah, get away from macabre. Yeah, I liked it. That's good. I liked it. Um, so. Uh, Immediately after the disclaimer, we get a shot of a dead corpse Mm -hmm. that is placed, Mm -hmm. I would say confusingly, on top of a headstone. It is like a scarecrow where there is another head coming out of its chest and the legs are placed in a way that makes it look like it is I don't know, sort of dancing <laughs> on top uh-huh. of this he- headstone. And as we're seeing the slow, I guess, um, pull-out shot of this of this disgusting, wet-looking corpse skeleton thing, we are hearing the radio broadcast of a uh, local murder in which several, or a local um, grave robbery where uh, several corpses were removed from their graves, ransacked, and placed uh, up around the cemetery. I think the radio broadcast is speaking specifically about the thing we're seeing. Right. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's true? I, I but I could not yeah, get like, yes, I think so. Uh, that's never yeah. confirmed. And like a lot of things in this film, which I like, and I think this is like maybe my first comparison to Midsummer. Th- not everything is explained to you. Like even, even after the film is over, you, you don't necessarily get everything you want explained to you i think that it leaves a lot up to the imagination and a lot up to your interpretation yes so uh like 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 for example we don't know if that those wet corpses that are set up on the gravestone are connected to anything we're about to see later we we just don't know like they they don't tell you explicitly so um so sally uh hardesty hardesty (laughs) Hardstee. <laughs> sure. <laughs> She's played by Marilyn Burns. She is our protagonist. We do not necessarily know that right now, but she will become our protagonist. Her and her paraplegic brother, Franklin, are traveling with their three friends, Jerry, Kirk, and Pam, to visit the grave of the Hardesty's grandfather to investigate reports of suspected vandalism and grave robbing. I did not necessarily get this. Me neither. From I from was trying the, to uh, figure
1: out, like, why... Because, well, it... I mean, is the grave at his house? Is that where it, it's supposed to be? Because they're, they're going to his house, right? His old... Uh, yes, house there is business. something
0: about... There is something about one of the characters... Uh, I guess it's Sally and Franklin. They seem to know the most about the area that they are going to. So, okay. they are from there originally, I think, and... But that's about all that I know, is that Franklin, like, seems to know a lot about the, you know, the slaughterhouses there. And their their destination is definitely that grandfather's house that they end up going to. Mm-hmm. Um, not the house of Leatherface, but a house kind of in the same community. Right and yeah again this is sort of confusing we're i don't know if it's explicitly ever said that they are going to investigate the ro- like the the grave that was robbed but yeah. either way um that that makes sense um so yeah they uh, along the way they pick up a hitchhiker this is sort of after they go into that like weird convenience store right and they see like they like, kind of get to know a little bit of the locals. The locals kind of mention, like, hey, people don't like it when you go into their their house. <laughs> yeah. Like, people don't like it when you just, like, go, go onto their property, like, especially without being announced. And then we get that weird scene of that drunk guy on the floor, remember?
1: Yes. Yep. He's,
0: mm-hmm. like, writhing around on the grass. The only thing mm-hmm. I could think of this whole time was, like, I had just driven through, basically, that area. Oh, really? And how fucking hot it is there. And yeah. just, like the idea of laying on the grass like there's little things that like if you're not from texas you may not even know like there's fucking fire ants everywhere (laughs) like like laying on the grass is like the worst thing you could possibly there's also stickers and burrs everywhere like i took my dog with me to texas and she just every time she'd go outside she'd come back in just covered in burrs so like i'm thinking about like some of the performances from that regard and i'm like oh God, like this poor old drunk guy just has to like roll around and basically like getting bit, getting like fucking stickers and shit in him. But, Mm -hmm. uh, it gives you this like kind of clear picture of like, oh, these like yokels, these southern, these southern bastards are, uh, you know, they're hardened. They're, they're blue collar. If you can even call it blue collar at that point, I don't even know what you call it. Farmers, basically. And, um, and yeah, but that would be nothing compared to the hitchhiker they pick up, kind of uh, uh, along along the road by the old slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, this hitchhiker is immediately disgusting. He's very weird. He's got uh, he's got blood s- smeared or a rash or something smeared across his face. He's got little cuts, little bruises on him. Uh, Franklin is asking him questions like again and again about his about his involvement with the slaughterhouse, and yeah. the hitchhiker is just holding pictures. He's just carrying pictures of like dead animals, like, like yeah, Polaroids. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I like. It's interesting to me the part where Franklin asks him about the, the how they how they now kill cattle with the right. like air gun or whatever to the head, yes. um, and the hitchhiker is like very, looks back fondly on the days when they would just kill him with sledgehammers. Uh, And he
0: says that they still do. He makes allusions to that they still do. It's it's kind of an effective way, he says, to do it. And he also says the other thing was taking away their jobs.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: Yeah, so again, we got a little capitalism, a little political commentary there. Um, But then the hitchhiker starts to get really... Weird. He starts to like even weirder than he presented himself before. He tra- He shows a pocket knife to um, other you know people. He cuts himself with Franklin's pocket knife. Mm-hmm. He like he uh, b- demands for money. And then they refuse to pay him. And then he just lights all of the photos on fire. <laughs> and then he <laughs> yeah. slashes Franklin's arm with his razor, which all I'm thinking is tetanus. My God, the tetanus. Yeah. And uh, they, they just pull over the van, kick him out. And then he is, ru- while running alongside the van, is smearing his own bloody hand on it. Almost yes. like you might assume to mark uh, the van for for later
1: oh Uh, yeah that's a good point
0: yeah so uh there are midsummer parallels kind of starting with this scene right like we have the group of teens uh road tripping into an unfamiliar region and that's Mm -hmm. you know in in both midsummer and texas chainsaw massacre we also have um a, a peculiar foreign uh meeting with with a local who does in fact slice his own palm, uh, which is uh, both Texas Chainsaw Massacre and in Midsummer there is definitely mm-hmm. palm cutting, uh, and then uh, the bl- uh, the symbolic bloody smearing of the hand onto the van is the same as the bloody smearing onto that rock with the rune in Midsummer. Right. So we eventually get to the homestead where, uh, everyone kind of goes out and does typical seventies teen stuff. Yeah. Like they're all like um, running around the house. <laughs> like yeah. they're trying Before to find that, a good quiet so... place to fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So after the after the they ditch the hitchhiker is when they go to the gas station I believe.
0: Oh and, okay so then maybe um, I got I got those uh mixed up
1: then. Yeah, but the only reason I wanted to circle back to that is they were offered uh and and take up the offer to to eat some barbecue which we later find out is uh humans. Human oh human great. Meat. Yeah, um, human
0: yeah. meat. Yeah, I guess so I mean uh, to to argue the logic here would be very fruitless but i think it is funny that in a in a community that's just full of cows already like more cows than they know what to do with they are cooking human like why (laughs) why (laughs) yeah like yeah i don't know you already have the beef just make the beef you weirdo (laughs) um i would and that's of course me just assuming that you only cook human when you're out of beef
1: I mean that's the only time I do it personally sure. but I'm
0: So they're run, they're, but yeah you're a freak and you're letting that flag fly. They uh they run around this this like homestead. I think it's like the their grandfather's place. I assume that's the first place they go to. But yes. as they're running around having like a great time, we have the two couples, right? I guess it's uh Kirk and Pam and then Jerry and Sally I think are kind of an item right the driver and Sally yeah
1: well I are thought it was an Jim item. and Pam and Andy and Angela
0: right <laughs> I got the I got that I got that oh confused. sorry I Sa- forgot Sally and Jim. we also
1: here, do an yeah. office podcast
0: <laughs> oh fuck yeah you got me turned around because I thought we were yeah. doing that right now
1: <laughs> wait so when does uh when does Leatherface find his stapler in a jello <laughs> in a big mold? thing of jello yeah <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, when does Michael Scott wear the face of uh, of uh, 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 Stanley? <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get this great uh, sequence of them running around. Uh, Franklin uh, pulls one of these very hilarious uh, meltdowns where he's like, Are you having fun, Franklin? Are you having fun? If I was having any more fun, I just don't think I could stand it. As he's like (laughs) blowing his tongue out at all of the people uh, uh, having fun. We should mention that Franklin is, of course, in a wheelchair, um, uh, so he's not. He can't have the same amount of fun that everybody else seems to be having. Mm -hmm. I guess that is like kind of what the film is trying to say. They also, they also like uh, depict Franklin as being very annoying. right off the bat like he is an instigator like he instigates like shittiness around him they also like the very first time you see franklin he's like peeing into a cup like (laughs) in this in this sort of like manic way that i've never seen anybody fucking pee before like maybe that has to do with him being in a wheelchair but i am not convinced because franklin just also just seems like a disgusting weirdo uh, which is, which is, I guess, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that choice yet, but, um, but definitely there will be a mid-sumar parallel to this a little later on. So, um, we are about to get our first introduction of Leatherface, uh, uh, Kirk and Pam, are sort of running around until they find they stumble upon a nearby house. And this house actually on the outside looks a lot less dilapidated. looks a little bit more lived in. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess Kirk decides to explore the house for whatever reason, um, which when I was watching this film with my girlfriend, she said out loud, like how she hates, she always feels so bad for, uh, serial killers and, like, murderers in film where, like, the people come to them. Yeah. Uh, almost yeah. as if they, if they just hadn't, like, g- like bre- broke into his house, like, he would have never killed these people. Yeah, you know what I mean? Good,
1: like that's a good point.
0: Yeah, she was always like... I, she was like, you know, a, a good serial killer or, like, a less sympathetic serial killer, you know, they, they seek after you. You know, they haunt mm. a lake, uh, a camp. You know, they, like they like come after you. Um, But in this, in this film, these shitty kids are just trespassing. They are like, they're like walking (laughs) into somebody's house. So this is probably one of the most famous scenes in the entire film. Kirk walks into the house. He notices uh, there is a red hallway where it is just uh, lined. The entire wall is lined with uh, cow skulls and deer heads. And he walks to the entrance of this hallway and in like a split second, Leatherface just appears right in front of him. Yeah, screams and then hits Kirk on the head with the hammer. Kirk falls to the ground and he starts shaking. And I I think this is all of this sequence is a, a what would you call it? An illusion or uh, to killing uh, a cow like yes. how you would kill yeah. a cow. So like with the you hammer do, and stuff, w- too, you do like with a hammer. And I imagine so. there is a, a, a good amount of frothing and shaking if you do not yep. kill them instantly. So that's what happens mm-hmm. to Kirk. Uh, Leatherface has to smash him in the head a couple more times before picking him up, dragging him away. And then like with all of his force slamming that sliding door shut. And yes. as soon as he slams it shut, we get that like boom, boom, Uh, Mm -hmm. that like, that like, that like dark tone, uh, I guess the watch, I guess it's not made with an instrument. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they got that tone, but it's, it's so sinister. And I don't know, Eric, what did you think about this scene?
1: Yeah, I forgot. I, I, it's been long enough since I've seen this where I was kind of watching it again for the first time almost. And I forgot like how we just kind of like. Like, in a, in a Friday the 13th movie, we're going to, you know, in the first act, we're going to, like, meet these uh, teenagers, and we're going to follow them on this trip to uh, Camp Crystal Lake, and then uh, we're going to, like, maybe see a couple, like, creepy shots of, like, Jason watching them from the woods or something, and we kind of, right, like, right. ease into the horror. Whereas with this, I mean, you just see Leatherface right away in, in broad daylight kill someone, And it just, it's really jarring and it's, uh, it just gets right into it. And I I really, I I like that about this movie. Is it kind of like, there's not even really that much. I mean, from the get go, it's already like creepy um, just from the imagery and and with the hitchhiker and stuff. Right. There's not really like that kind of transition into the finally seen the serial killer so close, Um, but I really liked it.
0: Yeah, there's no lead up to it. It's just, it just happens. And there's no like musical lead up to it. So, you know, I think that it was, I mean, it's effective today. I bet it was incredibly effective at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, we got Kirk gets hit in the head um, by Leatherface. Pam enters soon after that. She, uh, this is where we kind of get a little bit of the layout of the house just via her tripping around it. (laughs) Like she just Uh trips into a room filled with furniture made of human bones. She tries to flee, but Leatherface, oh, this is one, this is another very famous scene where Leatherface like catches her just outside the door. Like Pam is almost to freedom and Leatherface just grabs her like right before she can fully leave the house like the 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 screen door has swung open she's on the porch but he grabs her from behind and he carries her all the way down to his little workshop area his basement workshop and impales her on a meat hook yeah like a pig yeah and gosh darn it I feel I like every bit of that backstab I'm just like I feel that like it it looks like it hurts so fucking bad and, yeah. uh, and we get Leatherface, who's still sort of, you know, uh, rolling around doing his thing. He, 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 uh, he turns on his chainsaw. I think this is the first time we get the actual chainsaw. He mm. starts to kind of go into town on, uh, what's his name? Kirk. Right. So, um, so Jerry, who's, I guess, uh, you know, one of the three living people, he, he heads out to look for Pam and Kirk, uh, And uh, he finds the house. And and this is, I I like how these three kills actually happen like back to back to back. So it's like, it is like pretty immediate. Like Jerry goes Mm -hmm. to like look for them, Pam and Kirk. He finds the house. He goes into the kitchen for whatever reason. He sees like a, a meat freezer and he opens it. And Pam jumps out of the meat freezer, clearly like already dead, but like still like, it's like her body is still convulsing you know yeah from like and it's well this this is one of the scenes that i mean kind of scarred me when i was a kid watching it like that was uh it was very scarring to see like an animated body still still like alive but also dead (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh then leatherface just comes out from behind jerry knocks him in the head a couple of times um
1: yeah i was so blown away also by like how quickly everyone just like gets killed
0: (laughs) and and like how quickly yeah leatherface doesn't like take his time it's like he's killing them and this is the first time that i remember feeling bad for leatherface because he like he kills jerry he pushes pam back in the meat freezer closes it and then you see him just like in a full-on panic like yeah (laughs) yeah. like he he's just like upset like this really ruined his day and he's sort of wondering i'm sure like are more fucking people going to keep coming into my yeah. house? What the hell is going on? Yeah, he like on? scurries
1: over to the window and stuff. And,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of uh, yeah, kind of looks out. And and we get this great shot of Leatherface sort of close up, which I really appreciated because mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of that in this film. Like you, you always see Leatherface like coming at you, running at you uh, from far away. So a lot of it is silhouetted or from a distance. I, I really uh, appreciated them kind of giving us a close up which I think in a film shows confidence right? right. when you can like, yeah. when you can actually like show me close up what your killer looks like or like what your monster looks like. It's like, yeah, it's just as horrifying close up as it is from a distance. Mm-hmm. So Sally and Franklin set out to find their friends. Um, as they near a neighboring house and call out Leatherface lunges from the darkness and kills Franklin with a chainsaw. Yep. Uh, this is a another another Midsommar connection where uh, we get a person in a wheelchair who you know uh, is murdered. <laughs> yeah. And the experience feels slightly cathartic, um, in that we perhaps we're just kind of waiting for that last holdout. Uh, right. Th- uh, in Midsommar, Christian is uh, wheeled around in a wheelchair before he's set on fire, and in this film, it's Leatherface carves through uh, Franklin. And, and I mean, you're right. It isn't as gory as it could be, but it is horrific. Yeah. It's definitely
1: not PG. No, no, not at all. (laughs)
0: Um, so then we get a, a Sally, uh, Leatherface chase where Leatherface is just chasing Sally. This is what you're referring to through the woods in the middle of the night. Um, just, uh, she's all getting cut up by branches she somehow, I think, just does a full circle and ends up running back into the same house. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. She,
0: she runs all the way upstairs to get help, and that's when she runs into the room where it's, it's, a, it's, it's presumably three corpses, right? Um, yes. An older male corpse, an older female corpse, and a, the corpse of a dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. She then runs back out. Leatherface cuts through the door to get back in his own house. Um and uh Sally jumps out of the window. Uh which looks fucking gnarly. Yeah. And uh Leatherface just sort of I guess he loses the chase. He doesn't he doesn't catch her. So um Yeah, has gotta
1: lay off the meat, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, if he wants to catch her, he's gotta lay <laughs> off the meat. Uh so she flees to the same gas station, I think, where they got barbecue earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Um The proprietor calms her, which I think is, like, such a fucked up scene of, like, watching him try to calm her down. Like, he holds her in such a weird way and is, like, touching her face and hair. And, like, I should mention, so, the first half of this film is, like, a slasher flick, I think. Yeah, yeah. The second half of this film is, like, a hostile uh, torture porn type
1: type yeah yeah
0: and uh several times in this film i attribute this to just really weird blocking and bad acting i will be screaming at my tv stop touching her hair <laughs> 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 because it just looks like like the most annoying gross thing ever just to have somebody constantly touching your face and touching your hair and poking at you with a stick and stuff like I think that's where a lot of the horrific elements of the second half of this film uh, come. But, uh, Eric, what are you thinking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre up till this point?
1: You know, this is kind of, to tie it into Midsommar, um, sort of like when when Christian is finally... Like, Christian and uh, Danny... Right, that's her name, mm-hmm. Danny. Yeah. Um, they both reach a point towards the end where they're kind of just like stuck in this one situation, and they have yes. to just bear witness to the chaos that's happening around them. Especially with Christian, I was getting like a very similar vibe with him and and this this main character who is um, now has to like um, exist around this family, and she's there's like no escape, and she just has to like take what's 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 happening um yeah yeah and there's
0: a there's a lot of like reaching out for help with people you think are going to help you and it turns out they're part of it too
1: exactly yep
0: yeah um so the proprietor we'll call him uh just fucking throws sally into his truck after uh after uh, like whacking her over and over with a (laughs)
1: with a broom gentlemen this is no way to treat a lady. (laughs)
0: yeah no way to treat a lady indeed um they he brings her right back to the house and this is where it's revealed that not only the proprietor but the hitchhiker and leatherface all seem to be like brothers to the same family Mm -hmm. um they bring down from upstairs grandpa who was presumably a corpse we find out is just alive sitting in that room yeah um and then they all sit at a table together and that, that's where we get this amazing shot that is grandfather at the head of the table, a long table leading down to the hitchhiker, Leatherface, and the proprietor, uh-huh. and uh, it is an exact one-to-one mirror shot of the uh, the dinner table of Midsommar. Like it is that oh, same right. exact framing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 And uh, I would say both dinners pretty fucked
1: up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. Uh, I guess I'd agree with that. I yeah. wouldn't want to be at either of these. Um, yeah. You know.
0: So Sally is chained to the uh, the other, like, the foot of the table, I guess you'd call it, the other end of the table. And she's just having to watch them all kind of figure it out. Like, I think at first they just want to, like, hang out and have dinner together. But Sally ends up, they kind of come to the conclusion that they need to kill Sally. Like, yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, it might as well happen. Um, the proprietor... We see that each character has, like, their own kind of weird, fucked-up, different way of being in the South, you know? Like, their own fucked-up, like, Southern personality. Like, the Hitchhiker is way more of, like, a manic, sort of excitable weirdo. Leatherface seems to be more of, like, this little kid, this stunted, weird adult child, always hiding behind a... uh, like a skin mask, a, a mask made of someone else's skin, um, and then the proprietor is, is almost like a, a a much more like effeminate sort of like um, he's like the cook. They keep making fun of him because he just likes to cook. He doesn't like to kill anyone himself, and uh, but all of them stunted, all of them, um, all of them sort of at the behest of their own like weird fucked up upbringing. And the grandfather being this silent, can't do anything, uh, 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 just like old, old uh, chair-ridden ridden person. Mm-hmm. The first thing they do is they cut Sally's finger, and when she starts to bleed, they stick it in the grandfather's mouth.
1: Disgusting.
0: Which I think is uh, hot as hell. <laughs> uh, then uh, after a bit, they decide, oh, they, they got to kill her, and no one kills better than Grandpa. So... They, they put a bucket under Sally's head. They push Sally's head down and they start putting the hammer in the grandfather's hand to like force him to hit her over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't work because the grandfather can't hold the hammer. So the hammer just keeps dropping over and over. But they actually get a couple of good hits in. Did you yeah. notice that? Like mm-hmm. where she's actually like bleeding from the skull.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and you know that better have been a prop hammer because they actually hit her in the head with it. And it has like a sound effect and everything to go along with it, which I, I mean, it's just like so fucked up. They're all dancing around her constantly. I think, I think part of the, I don't And tell me if you agree with this, Eric, I think part of what is so scary about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, especially at this point in the film is that they're not letting up. It's just constant sound constant people talking constant yeah. uh, barrage of weird fucked up shit like everywhere she looks in the house is another fucked up thing to see it's just constant it's like there's no break
1: right from yeah. how
0: awful this is for her she at one point cr- cries out uh and this is a little bit before this but like uh, she'll do anything if they just fucking stop Like she'll do anything. She's like, she's like anything you want. Just please, please, please. It's a lot of this film is somebody begging somebody to stop and not do. And you know, while the other person just will not stop.
1: Yeah. It's really frustrating. (laughs) It's like, it's so fucking
0: frustrating. It is incredibly hard to watch. So, uh, at some point she gets free, of this situation, because the hitchhiker sort of like uh, trips and like sort of like falls, whatever. Yes, yeah, she heard uh, that song
1: by The Vines, "Get Free," and she was like, free. "I'm going to do that.
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take The Vines' advice," um, which I, I a sentence I'd never thought I'd say out loud. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so she gets free, and then she jumps through yet another window. <laughs> this is uh, window numero dos. She jumps through. And we—it's revealed that this is all taking place actually during the day, like like it's now morning time again. They've been yeah. doing this, pulling this dinner for so long. So she jumps out of the window, runs to the to the nearest road where a semi truck is driving towards her. Uh, she's being chased by the hitchhiker, chased by Leatherface, who at this point now is uh, got his chainsaw back. Uh, uh, the hitchhiker is just constantly slicing her back up, which is just, a. again, you're just like, fuck these people. The semi ends up hitting the hitchhiker, just crushing him completely. Um, uh, the driver of the semi gets out to sort of, to sort of see what's going on. And then he sees Leatherface <laughs> chasing after him. He's, uh, he runs for a while, picks up a rock, I think, and just like throws it point blank at Leatherface's head, yeah, knocking him down, then continues to run. At this point, another car pulls up. It's a truck. Uh, Sally struggles to get inside the truck, but finally does right on the heels or, um, as Leatherface is right on her heels, mm-hmm. that, that car ends up just driving away And Leatherface cannot catch up. We get that great, beautiful shot from the back of the truck at Leatherface as he's chasing after her. Uh, We get this uh, incredibly cathartic moment where uh, Sally, who survived now, is realizing that she's saved finally, and she starts laughing hysterically. And uh, then we get a great sunset shot of Leatherface sort of uh, dancing in the sunset with his... uh, with his uh, chainsaw.
1: Yes, an iconic GIF.
0: Yeah, an iconic GIF. <laughs> uh, so, and that's it. The film ends.
1: Yeah, it's. Uh, I love this movie. I, I. It's. I don't know if I. It's a really disturbing. It's a really disturbing film, and it's. It's really interesting to me how well this movie worked for me as like a jaded horror fan who has just seen so many horror movies and i was kind of expecting and there was a little of this where I, I i kind of had to remember that this was one of the first films to do this to do some of these things but um overall i mean this is the sa- it had the same effect on me as if not it was more effective than watching like a more current horror movie um oh hell yeah, yeah i this just movie think it, is it's awful <laughs> yeah there's a simplicity to it that I really like. Um, yeah, and I don't know. This is another movie. I talk about this all the time. Like, I love movies that make me think about, like, think about stuff. And, I mean, this is more than just a horror movie. It's, you know, a Hooper set out to make this film that was a commentary on meat and, you know, whatever else he had in mind. But just due to, like, the time... Uh, that this was, and the things, the current events of the time and stuff like that. Um, I mean, it's it's a really powerful piece of cinematic history and like American history, because the messaging about capitalism and just the idea that the consumers right, these teenagers eventually become, what's being consumed. You know what I mean? Like they right, eventually right, become yeah. the meat for the, the barbecue that they're eating in the beginning that they were offered by the creepy gas station worker. Um right, yeah. And there's a whole nother element to it too where you almost can you can you fully blame the like is the conscience of the this family fully to blame for their situation that led them to killing teenagers and eating them like their entire life and welfare um was revolved around working at this uh you know meat processing plant and uh robots uh technology has like taken over their jobs and all that they know how to do in this like weird rural part of america is kill uh large animals for consumption um and that one thing is taken away from them and then here are these you know like dumb (laughs) you know like human human beings that show up uh I don't know. It's kind of like you, you almost feel, at least I almost feel, like, sympathetic to them in a way of, like, they're kind of, like, victims of, like, a system that um, has, like, a lot of flaws in it and stuff. So I kind of thought it was interesting, too, in a fact where, like, I, I never, there's never a point in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie where I sympathize with... Freddie krueger you know what i mean yeah uh, especially on that deep of a level so i i love this movie so much i really like it uh jeremy what are your thoughts on texas chainsaw
0: yeah i mean i agree man i love it it's 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 really good and it still holds up incredibly well i think even the fact that it was shot and made in the 70s makes it look creepier to me yes like like again, everyone in the '70s looks super sweaty. No one's wearing makeup. It looks like it's you know it's it's super gross. I you know a lot of the messaging in the film, I think is actually it's it's weird because we have a simple story, mm-hmm. but I think the 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 metaphors and allegory inside the film is actually quite complex because it's like who's right you know in this situation like. You can't really blame the teenagers; they're just kids, right? You can't really blame the fucking weird cannibals because you're right; they're a product of their own society or whatever. Um, It's it. It reminds me a lot of like when soldiers come back from war and they're expected to just like live out like now normal life where you're not thinking about death constantly, even though you just murdered like a ton of people overseas. That's sort of like, you know, the having a job where you kill cows or pigs over and over. It's like, how do you not expect these people to be affected by a job like that? Right. Right. I mean, I think it's unfortunate that the invention of machines took away jobs from people, but also I'm kind of glad it did. So like the responsibility of murdering animals is less now on the, on the actual human being. Um, Sure. Yeah. Uh, and, and if that even makes sense, or if that's not just not like, you know, another fucked up aspect of it. But I think it, I think there is like a lot going on here. Obviously, you know, even if you, even if you grow, grew up, grow up in the rural South, you're not a, necessarily a cannibal or a, <laughs> or a right. murderer or anything like this. Um, this is, this is, this family seems to have a little bit more going on. Um, Than maybe some of the other folks who live down there, but it's still like it's still a very interesting, I think, portrayal of you know what happens when you know an unstoppable force meets a immovable object or whatever. What happens when these teens meet up with these backwoods cannibal clown clown family? Right, Um,
1: this insane clown posse.
0: Exactly. So many films have been inspired by Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Uh, you got Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, 2, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. You have uh, the remake <laughs> in 2000. You know, no, but like ha- but I like House say- of a Thousand Corpses, I think, yeah. is a is like pretty much like a a, a retelling of this type of story. Yep. I think that, um, you know, I see a lot of the DNA of this in like the hostile films. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, and, of course, you know, Samar, I think, took a lot of great stuff from this. It put it in a completely different setting and scenario. But it's a similar thing of, like, you know, you're going into someone else's territory. You're going into someone else's region, and they have their own, like, fucked up way of doing stuff. It may not agree with you, but that is what... That is sort of what happens, you know, when you... Are I guess in Midsommar, Midsommar, it's more like a, when when we try to like colonize or westernize, you know, it's more of a reaction to that as opposed to this, which is like, mm. you know, also just how divided our country is at that time and still today, right? Like, don't you th- don't you think that like there's something about that aspect oh, yeah, of it too, where it's sure. like where it's like how divided we are? Like, look, it's almost like two different planets, two different creatures from two different planets meeting each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I totally uh, agree with that. Um, have you seen any of the other uh, Texas Chainsaw movies?
0: No, but I hear two is amazing. It's got Dennis Hopper oh, right. in it, and I hear it's like a totally just a way different.
1: Yeah, it's supposed to be a comedy film. almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I-, I wouldn't mind watching two. I will say for the other ones, uh, I I kind of like, I don't think I feel like I don't need to see them. You know what I mean? Uh, like this is a film franchise where I really like the original first one, and uh, I don't know if I necessarily need to see the other ones. If there are, if anyone listening thinks one of the sequels is really good and we should check it out, uh, tweet at us at um, Chucky Rules Four um, Twenty, mm-hmm. and uh, so we will be covering uh the final destination films starting next week uh which i'm very excited about uh and we have some uh some guests coming up which should be exciting uh very good guests that are funny and good and uh (laughs) get ready get ready for those films uh we do have the patreon going on uh patreon.com slash eric and jeremy you can also find it on our Twitter account um, for one dollar a month you can get a shout out on the show and uh, just support us with the many costs Your love and kindness yeah Your love and kindness yes and uh, there's a five dollar tier where you get a, an extra episode every week um, where we cover different things related to whatever topic we're doing at the time or sometimes we just do episodes like one of my favorite bonus episodes we did was our top five uh, favorite horror films we went down right yeah, the countdown was awesome. I like the episode
0: Um, where we just talked about our old theater memories.
1: Yes, that was a good one, too. Um, And, yeah, when you sign up, you get access to, like, the backlog. And then there's higher tiers where you get to do a bunch of crazy shit, too, like come on the show and and tell us what to do an episode about. Um, So, yeah, and uh, if there's anything else Ari Aster-related that you think we should cover, um, we're certainly open to ideas. Shoot us a tweet. And Jeremy... Do you have any any final thoughts uh, before I uh, kill you with this chainsaw?
0: Oh, um, no! Just it, uh, you can kill me with that chainsaw. Just please don't hurt Macab. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Um, I, how do I end the, the Ari Aster ones? Oh, right. I read a quote from, <laughs> from, an, so yeah, I've been trying out uh, different Ari Aster quotes, uh, from his films to, to try and find one that's good for ending podcast episodes with, I don't think the last one quite did it, Jeremy. So I'm going to try another one. Um, okay. so here we go. Um, I don't know why you invited us. All right, everyone. (laughs) See you later.